Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Master Fit Mafia podcast number two. I'm sitting here today with the Lebanon legend, and it should go so much further than that, because he's uh, one of the strongest people I know, and uh, it's a very underrated Instagram page, so you should follow him. He has always pithy quotes multiple times a day, and... Uh, I'm sitting here with Lee Sandlin. Introduce yourself, Lee. Uh, <laughs> uh, my name is uh, Lee Sandlin, uh, youth pastor, fellowship of praise, and also uh, uh, part-time trainer at MesterFit, even though I currently have no clients. That is a complete lie. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true at all. <laughs> and not that he doesn't have any clients, that he's a part-time trainer. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you've been powerlifting for how many years now? Uh, I was dared to compete in a meet when I was like 35. So, like five years now or something like that. 35? Yeah, something like that. I was older, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I was a dare. So, like legitimately, the, when we first started hanging out, you had not even competed yet? Nope, nope. I was doing some weird like hybrid bodybuilding, power building type stuff, yeah. So I've literally been, I didn't even know this. I have, we have been training together since you made that world record attempt in the back squat. That was it. I had no idea. That was my first meet, yeah. I had no idea, that's amazing. Yeah, I was, I was, I was country strong enough to break a world record in my very first meet. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like when he first came into the gym, I, I remember his deadlift was around 550 yep. um, back squat was in the fives mm -hmm. and your bench was hanging in the fours fours yeah um, since then he's made uh, multiple runs over 700 pounds yep. in the back squat yep. uh, hit 725 in competition yep um, and that that would be your highest, right? Yeah, seven twenty five. Yeah, I mean, we made other attempts at training, but seven twenty five on a meet was the uh, yeah. Cool. So um, we're gonna go over quickly the topic of uh, periodization. Yeah, but more so, we were talking about taking little nuggets of wisdom and making them into a podcast, and I. So I think the first thing that I would tell anybody uh, in beginning, you know, powerlifting, anything like that. Uh, any kind of time you're, you're heading into serious training as opposed to quote-unquote uh, working out would be being honest with yourself. You know, there's a lot of really strong people out there that come into the gym and, and they think they have an idea about how strong they are, but, you know, when you put it under the gun and you're ready to lift, uh, you know, being judged to depth, you know, with perfect technique, you know, that, you know your numbers definitely come down uh, from quote-unquote what we call gym, uh, you know, gym lifting. Yeah. So, go ahead. I'm saying so. So entering the weight room for the first time, especially if you're entering in the uh, capacity to compete or challenge yourself in a, in, a, in a formal level, I think the first thing you have to do is be honest with yourself and say, "How good are my lifts technically, but also how much weight can I really lift under those standards?" So, um, coming into the gym, uh, being dared to do a, a powerlifting competition, and taking that same or taking that advice for yourself 
what did you, how did you uh, progress um, after, in those first few years? I mean, being around weightlifting mm-hmm. your entire life, um, taking that or using that, that method, like what, how did your training change from day one, saying I'm gonna do a powerlifting competition to when you, when you uh, uh, set your first record at your first meet? Well, I'm totally a uh, totally a uh, recovering bro. Yes. You know, I did a lot of bro lifting, uh, um, which means that I would put as much weight on the bar as possible, but I would do the most horrible technique. I do remember those days. Yes, and and you get to the point where your ability to get better is limited. Uh, you move in certain patterns, you lift certain weights, and you you max certain lifts out. Uh, but without better technique and working on uh, your mobility, stability, and your technical aspects, uh, you can only get so far bro lifting. Uh, you'll, never, you'll never advance past that. And, but all of a sudden, when you're honest with yourself, uh, you, you're willing to rebuild. And I think that's another thing we can talk about another time, is that you're always reinventing yourself as a lifter. Uh, you're always looking back and saying, did this work? Uh, did it not work, you know, and, and then always throwing out the bad stuff, but keeping the good and you're always reinventing your training. So what I did for years was a series of uh, reinvention where you would go and you would take a lift and you go, man, I'm not progressing in it. Why? Ask questions, do some research, talk to knowledgeable people and then reinvent yourself and then little by little. Uh, but that only happens when you look yourself in the mirror and be honest and say, man, I'm terrible at this and then try to figure out how to get better, not keep doing the same, you know, that definition of insanity, you're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Uh, if you're going to be a competition lifter, you have to be honest with yourself and say, how strong am I really in that lift? And how, how well can I perform that lift technically? Yeah, I think, uh, I think that can be said about a lot of uh, top end elite lifters is uh, their programming is not necessarily dialed into one method. Um, they might have, they, and you're a prime example, I mean, you're an amalgamation of three or four or five different systems yeah. um, based on your strengths and weaknesses in certain movement patterns. So, uh, you're, you're, and, and, I, and you're not, you're, I don't think you're alone there. I think a lot of the, the top lifters um, um, use, use different systems for for different lifts and your bench press is a prime example going from um, uh, going from a strict uh, kind of like a block periodization um, to now moving into some speed day work with with dedicated uh, three three days of back work so there's been a huge transition from just I go to bar and I pick it up and put it down sure. to becoming a student of the game um, through the years. Yeah, and, and that's a, you know the, the difference is if you want to go work out, uh, great. I, I think working out's great, but working out is different from training in the fact that training has structure. Uh, it looks at weaknesses. It looks at movement patterns. You know what I'm saying? It's always evolving. And uh, so, like Mark was talking about, I, I think you have to always examine uh, where your weaknesses are, where your strengths are. But uh, I would say originally I went in and I would just put weight on the bar and go. And now I worry about priming my CNS, uh, being mobile, uh, you know, hitting my weakness, my assistance work, uh, uh, you know, things like that. And, and I think you have to do that to be a student. Like Mark said, a student of the game, you have to be willing to uh, dedicate that time and that focus. So when you come into the gym, 
your workouts are pre-programmed. And I think the, the challenge that Mark's talking about of using different systems and having more of a, a, a diverse approach is that I think oftentimes people, you know, we live in a commercial world. I think some people invent a system and they make it and there's good things about it, but they have to fill in the rest to make money because they want their own system. When in reality, there's really good stuff with certain programs and there's really bad stuff. And also the style of lifting you're doing. Are you a geared lifter? Are you a raw lifter? Even the idea is that, you know, what is your approach? And I think every different training methodology will will translate differently to different lifters and also where are you weak and where are you strong? Because mm-hmm. some focus more on assistance work, some focus on your, your, your prime uh, lifts, so which one are you weak at? And I think that's where you have to determine, you have to create your own uh, system by, by kind of making an amalgamation of all yeah. of them. So. Yeah. And looking how, how your, your year is set up also, I mean, you, you, can't, <clears throat> you can't always be the strongest you ever are all the time. Um, setting up your year that um, so that you you're peaking correctly for um, for the meets that you want to hit um, so you're peaking correctly uh, uh, yeah just to, basically so you're peaking correctly so you have um, dang it I lost my train of thought see I'm not even being distracted by driving right now but this is just my personality. I just lose my, my train of thought. Well, I think, I think the, what the challenge is, is that I would say when I was a bro lifter, uh, I would try to max out all the time. And I think reality is like Mark's talking about peaking at the right time. I set up my schedule to know that four to five times a year yeah. is the most I'm ever going to attempt, you know, an absolute max. The rest of the time it's all, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a uh, you know, a training max mm-hmm. as opposed to an actual competition max. Yeah. And so you're always training. So there are times in your training that you're going to be weaker than others. You're, you're prepping that if mentally you're used to a certain number and you live and die by that number, you're going to be disappointed because yeah. you have to build to that number. You have to peak to that number. So if you want to be able to lift your max all the time, uh, I, I just think you're going to be disappointed. I think you have to humble yourself a little bit long enough to not necessarily get weaker, but, uh, you know, train in phases where you're, you can peak to that point and not always be yeah you know massively strong in that in that you know that way so yeah so expecting to always be setting new PRs and, and this is a little bit different as you as you get uh, more in depth into training the elite lifters um, uh, they might they might go an entire an entire year without setting a new PR but they're they're doing things to to uh, surround their training in things that can help them in the longevity of their of their training efforts um, but then their ability to peak quickly and peak very strongly is there so without getting injured so um, I think that as as you develop as a lifter your your ability to to peak changes um, no, sure, and I, and I think the one piece of wisdom that I would give anybody else too, uh, we could talk about another time as well though, is there are times where you shut it down. Yeah. There, there are times where you come in, and we'll talk about auto-regulation at some point, or like, yeah. if there are times you come in and you're just weak, your CNS is fatigued, and I would say that you just, uh, you have to just, you know, shut it down on different days, even if you want to train, even if you feel like you're rested and ready to go, and you go to pick up a weight that you're used to handling, and it's just heavy, you know, not saying you can't push through that, but sometimes that's where injuries happen. That sometimes you have to learn how to uh, shut it down. Yeah, and back to our original original thought here is uh, managing the actual proper technique and movement of the lift, um, 
and what that actual number is. I think uh, a lot of these a lot of these programs that you'll you'll find online or uh, across the interweb, you'll see certain percentages that you'll have to that you'll have to meet um, on a workout to workout basis, uh, and if those percentages are great if they're if they're based off the correct uh, max. Sure. Um, and your so I it, it's a very important thing to have and to find um, because if if uh, if you're let's say if you you are in in a cycle where you're supposed to be doing speed work, if your speed work is a grinder, then we have we have some serious problems. In, in your programming setup because you're not gonna get the results that you need from that speed work to set you up for your proper uh, um, maximal attempts on those, those uh, during those other training sessions. So um, back to Lee's original point. Uh, humble yourself a little bit, get in front of a coach if, if you have one, um, get queued up uh, on the the proper technique and get a, a maximal number, uh, whether that's on a, a three rep or a two rep um, uh, percentage and, or a an actual single rep max, and then and then use that uh, to set up your your programming. Yeah, as, as we uh, you know, the thing for me is never ever uh, investing in in into programming is always wise but we always say you know the fear for me is not going all in on programming and then failing the fear is not having the having programming that was never going to be successful yeah you know so if you set yourself up and you're grinding day one uh and you're not even close to your your, your periodization not even close to your percentages you know rethink that all never be afraid to drop down because if you're in good programming you'll find that max number as it progresses so i'd much rather my first day be doable and, and functional as opposed to grinding because it's only going to, you know, periodization is only going to progress from there. Uh, you're setting yourself in trouble, and I'd hate to be a couple weeks deep into programming and then have to reflush the whole thing. I'd rather know day one, uh, week one, and to be able to adjust and then be have a successful training cycle mm -hmm. than have to get halfway through and trash it because it was wrong. Yeah. So it's it's much much more important that you start lighter. Is yes. I would I would say the takeaway. Um, much lighter at the beginning of this of, of your cycles to set yourself up for future successes than it is to uh, have some arbitrary number in your head that you think you need to hit um, to be successful um, and uh, my gosh what is my problem today Lee Sandlin uh, so yeah uh, start lighter be successful um, in the at the very end of the program. Uh, accessory work, real quick, how much has that changed the, your powerlifting trajectory? Uh, I, think, I think being, being, uh, being persistent and consistent with accessory work and assistance work, it, I don't know that you're gonna notice um, you know, over the short term the benefits, but what it has definitely done uh, for me is kept me healthier uh, and it also gives you the ability to train heavier because you, it, you, you work your way out of those 
small misses by having weak triceps. Uh, you have you also have the idea that you're getting blood flow to those areas, uh, so you feel stronger and mentally. That's a huge boost to when you're doing exercises, not having a broken shoulder, but instead all your joints feel healthy. So uh, I think it's also I think it's a physical advantage because uh, I think it does make you stronger over time. You know the connecting parts of the chain, uh, but also it makes you healthier as far as your joints staying healthier, which gives you more confidence when you unrack the weight. Mm-hmm. If you were to put a percentage of time that you spend. Uh, under competition standards and then under accessory uh, type work, mm-hmm. what would that be? What, what would that look like? Uh, 50-50 right now. I'd say I do half competition style, you know, major, you know, core lifting as far as the bench, dead squat, you know, strict curl, things like that, and then probably another 50% accessory bodybuilding assistance work. Um, you know, so probably that. And I will say over time, uh, I used to spend 90% of my time you know, in lifting yeah. uh, the main, you know, the, 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 the triple, you know, the triple threat list. Uh, and now I definitely, that's over time that's reduced and I do much less of that and much more uh, assistance and accessory work. Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately I think being healthy uh, is, is as, vi- as, a, as viable a reason to, you know, to have great performance as any, anything else. And I think you're, uh, as an athlete, you, I think that's completely turned around how you recover. Uh, I mean, I remember you used to hit a set of deadlifts and have to lay on the floor to let your back uh, and breathe and breathe. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, your your overall um, GPP has come up. Uh, I I can't even. What's it's up? not even measurable. It's right. so much. Right. Um, so yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. This was supposed to only be five minutes, but if Lee and I get together, we could we can throw down for a while um so where can everybody go and, and look up lisa anlin come on trinity strength that's it on baby. Instagram, trinity strength baby <laughs> and uh we will uh, see you guys at the gym and look forward to doing this again peace out